Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your spiritual life coach, Cardelia Reed. And I, I've got to tell you, um, each of these podcasts will always build upon the other. And hopefully you listen to the uniqueness of celebrating, celebrating the uniqueness of you. Excuse me. And I talked a lot about spiritual gifts, which leads me to the title of this show, Religion versus Spirituality. And this has been on my mind and my heart for months. And I tell you, I'm really excited to share this message with you today because um, even last night, the Holy, well, early this morning, the Holy Spirit woke me up talking about it. And one of the things that he mentioned to me was that, you know, you didn't talk about the gift of healing or healing, I should say. And that was in my previous podcast. And so I said, you know, I was trying to understand, is healing truly a gift? Or is it just your use as a vessel, just as you are with the other gifts, your use as a vessel for the Holy Spirit to come in and heal that person just as you would with resurrection? So the Holy Spirit cleared this up when it comes to healing. Healing is a part of the body of Christ, just as resurrection is. And one of the reasons why we don't see it as much as we should, because it's a part of the miracle signs and wonders, especially the ones that we are supposed to see towards the end of times. We're supposed to see all the time. But even to this day, that's something we should see all the time. But there are people that God uses for healing because they're more intentional as believers and saved. We have that gift. They are very intentional about placing their hands on, just as the Bible says, and speaking healing on that person. We're supposed to be intentional daily about speaking life into what we want and not death. We're using our words to speak life and to give life. That's healing for people. That's healing for the mind and soul. That's healing for even the person that's saying it. And even resurrection, which is one thing that we don't ever talk about. But from what I understand, people are seeing these types of miracles in other countries. God uses that person as a vessel to bring someone back from the dead. And we're seeing all kinds of movies nowadays about people that's had those uh, death experiences and Jesus brought them back. And they tell their story. This is the most amazing thing in the world because their life is totally changed. And people around them are truly blessed by their story which brings me back to me. And so, you know, each of these podcasts, the Holy Spirit has truly placed on my heart uh, to express some things about myself and just to help you understand who you're listening to and why do I even do this? So speaking of resurrection uh, and people that have passed away, one of the things I know I talked a lot about sleep paralysis. I know I talked a lot about demonic attacks that I experienced a lot growing up. But the other part that I don't talk about as much, and it's really on my heart to mention it here, or, you know, I was uh, six years old. And, you know, I, I was having, obviously, uh, attacks at night uh, where, you know, things would come to me and I had no idea what they were. But let alone with that, I couldn't talk about it because I was very, very young. I couldn't explain it. Well, lo and behold, someone died in our church. And my mom took me to a funeral home to see them in the casket. And um, as I walked up to the casket, now I'm going to tell you, I didn't remember this until up to about three years ago when I was healed myself of the things that I was going through with the attacks, the demonic attacks. So the Holy Spirit brought all this back to my mind and said, we have to talk about this. So I, I put this in the back of my mind because it was so shocking to me as a child. Now, as we walked into the funeral home, and we walked up to the casket. I looked 
in the casket at the age of six. And as I looked in the casket, I had no idea what I was looking at. As far as I, con I was concerned, the person was asleep. I didn't understand the person was dead. I had no idea. But what happened next was something that kind of changed my life forever. And with my physical eyes, I saw the person start to move in the casket. And it shocked me so bad that um, I don't know what I said. I don't know what I did. I just know that I told my mom something and she thought that it, I just got really afraid and I was too young to see a person in the casket. But the way they moved was kind of like a robotic kind of a sense of moving and their eyes were closed and they stirred from one side of the casket to the other like they were sleeping and they were trying to wake up. So... um with that said, for years, my mom thought that maybe she shouldn't have taken me. And, I, you know, I said, well, you know, I don't remember if I even told her multiple times or tried to convince her. I just know I pushed it to the back of my mind so much that, um, you know, when things started really manifesting in my life, um, when I was an adult and I started to go to funerals, it was hard for me to go to a casket. And it wasn't because I was afraid of a dead person. Now, you know... Um, I went into healthcare and I had anatomy labs and things like that. We were with cadavers and that kind of thing doesn't bother me, but I could not explain to you what I felt. All I know when I went up to a casket, I could feel the person vividly alive. I would see them dead. And that was a true conflict within my soul because I didn't understand that. And this is someone that had been in church all of my life and yet church never taught me what that was, I was experienced in church, never went to the spiritual warfare part, which is exactly why I decided to have this title today. Now, that shakes people up. I know you don't understand that because for a long time, I didn't. And even so, in my dreams, um, I've had dream after dream after dream after dream after dream, multiple dreams throughout my childhood, teenage years, early adult years, recent adult years, up until I was healed of caskets, caskets everywhere, People in caskets moving. I would always walk up to the casket and they stir and move around. I mean, it was multiple dream after multiple dream after. I mean, sometimes it would be 10 caskets in a row. And it was just unbelievable. And so, lo and behold, after the healing took place, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about these things that I experienced. And then he brought people to my path, believe it or not, literally, spirits attract spirits that had similar experiences. You understand? So they understood what I was dealing with at that time, but they explained it a whole lot more. That's just what you see with your person. Sometimes, especially as a child, God allows things to happen to his prophetic people. And that was his way of showing me that person was having a restless death. Now, going back to the dreams, because I never saw that again with my physical eyes, in the dreams, that was more demonic. Basically playing upon the gifts that God had given me and what God wants to use me in my ministry for. Whether it be for healing and for resurrection. And I do believe and claim it will be both. Which is why I love ministry and I love the Holy Spirit. And I love talking about these things because I want to see these miracles. And I'm waiting for that time to come. So the, the demonic played upon that gift multiple times. On, you know, just the caskets. And I'm going to tell you, in the dream... I felt the way you feel at a funeral. When you go to a funeral, you just don't want to be there. It is a dreadful, gut-relenting feeling, a uh, relentless feeling. And, you know, I have to tell you, I felt that way in every dream that I had like this. Now, here's the thing. I had dreams like this three times a week. 
okay, on average, along with the demonic attacks. I was pretty sick, okay, um, until I was healed. And then after the healing, it got so much better. After the healing, God showed me how my ancestors were involved in voodoo, and God showed me a lot doll in a casket in the dream and how the doll was so intimidated by the fact that I had been healed it wouldn't even look at me it looked the other way these are the kind of things that when you have a thin veil over your life thin veil just meaning your access to the supernatural world my access being the Holy Spirit and used to be the access to the demonic hat to it to me these are the kind of things that you see and feel God has always spoken to me through dreams and visions and um so I don't want to say these things to make you afraid. I'm just saying that God is so good and the Holy Spirit has been so wonderful that I started seeing caskets of people who were alive this time. That never happened before I was healed. People were alive and they did not come alive until I walked to the casket and they were alive in a good way, not in the way before, like in a restless, unfortunate sleep and the death fearing sleep that most people have when it comes to death. Okay, so that's me, and that brings me to my topic for today. Again, religion versus spirituality. Now, I just told you I spent most of my life, uh, and I say most because the truth is when I went off to college, I stopped going to church as much, uh, even though I went from time to time, uh, basically religious. And religious means I've always been a believer in Christianity. I always believed in God, and that was it. You know, I prayed whenever I thought about it. Whenever I could, um, I was judgmental towards other people. I was critical towards myself, critical toward, towards others. And why not? Everybody was doing it, right? I went to church. Um, there were things people talked about at church that they talked about at home. There was no difference in respecting the church than it was at home. It was just all what I saw as religion. Uh, even so much that I made decisions in my life, and I was fine with those decisions. Everybody was making it right for education. Uh, you know, I lived with a guy for six years in my early adulthood and, you know, the demonic attacks were very bad at that time. It was so bad. He had never had any prior to meeting me. He started getting them. That's just how serious it was. And I don't know after we broke up if he ever recovered because the spirits that were released from us making those decisions and being comfortable in that, uh, came over his life and he just got comfortable with that and it caused him to be delayed in a whole lot of areas that he was trying to see improvement in and you know I'm, I'm hoping to this day that he has then my spirit and, and you know what the Holy Spirit is telling me it took him a while to get even to where he is right now we broke up in 2003 so um, I say that because once again everybody was doing that that's all I saw you know everybody was accepting that and so we're at a time right now where God is saying no more of that from the church no more of accepting that kind of behavior. No more of accepting the spirit of Jezebel. No more of, of accepting the behavior of Leviathan, divisiveness in the church. Um, you know, when it comes to religion, let's define it. Because I think you will have a healthier appreciation for uh, religion when you define it and understand it better. Uh, basically, religion is just a belief in or worship of a superhuman control and power. And sometimes it says, especially a personal God or gods, okay? So it's basically saying religion may be defined as a cultural system of designated behaviors and practices, worldviews, texts, sanctified places, prophecies, ethics, or organizations that relates humanity to supernatural, transcendental, 
or spiritual elements. So in other words, what I'm hearing right now is that religion is man-made, period, in the discussion. And what exactly is spiritual? What is what is spirituality? And, you know, what is the difference? Because most people, I'm going to tell you, I just uh, started knowing the difference between religion and spirituality up until a few years ago. And this is when I started hearing more so from the Holy Spirit. And spirituality is just simply getting to know a striving towards the inner dimensions of oneself or the Holy Spirit. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this came directly from Wikipedia, uh, along with the Bible and the, the examples I'm going to use from the Bible today. That is my other reference. So um, the, I like to keep it simple, but that anyone can look up Wikipedia and check on this. So I want you to understand the difference here. Religion being man-made, okay, and spirituality being already something that's in you, which is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter. Now, I know I always say this, but this is very, very important. So what it comes down to is a couple of things, all right? Do you believe in God or you don't? It's just that simple. It said a God or gods, right? You believe or you don't. There's no in-between. There's no staggering back and forth. There's no maybe. There is one or the other. Because what happens is once you make that decision, that determines the rest of your life and everything else that you do after that, right? So seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things shall come unto you. Well, he really meant it when he said that. So if, first things first, you believe or you don't that there's a God. And when you believe that there's a God, you believe in the God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you recognize that the Holy Spirit is with you. Now, when you recognize the Holy Spirit is with you, then you say, you know what? Am I saved or I'm not? Which one is it? Because what happens is that we go to these churches, right? And they open up the doors of the church. This is what they used to say when I was growing up. And they say, they ask us to come down, whoever wants to come down and join the church. Now, some churches mix it together and say, okay, when you join the church, you're going to be saved. And they don't go into no more detail. All they just say is that now you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, which is fine. But what does that truly mean? I, you know, I, I wish that when we say these things, we explain it more because, you know, not only has the church made it more about them, when you walk down and you join the church, you're going to be automatically saved, but we don't even go into detail. Okay, I can accept Christ as my personal Savior. I accepted him when I was living with the guy when I was uh, in the early adulthood, when I was fornicating all day long. I accepted God then. What's the difference? Yeah, I was, I said I was saved then. No one explained to me what saved me. So are you saved or are you not? So let's just say you chose the path that I believe in God. I believe in the God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I believe that I am saved. I want to be saved. Saved means I accept the Holy Spirit. I accept that Jesus Christ is, he placed his Holy Spirit within me and he is there with me at all times. And I accept that I'm going to prepare my heart, my mind, and my spirit to hear and long after him. I accept that I'm going to love without expectations, limitations, or boundaries. Uh, well, actually, boundaries is not the right word. I'm going to love without expectations or limitations. But I will have to set boundaries when it comes to certain situations with people. That means you can love them, right? But you don't have to accept bad behavior. That's when you place the boundaries. That's the interesting way of looking at it. And I'm going to go into that in a different podcast. But I definitely want to make sure I explain what I'm talking about when I say love. So we accept that intimacy that the Holy Spirit is within us. And we're always working to hear from him and do the things that he tells us to do. But here's the thing. 
we have what you know the world calls instinct and then we know in the spiritual world that's the holy spirit speaking to us the problem is especially when we say we're saved and we are so-called religious god says you know what don't do that don't go over to his house tonight don't 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 drink that fifth can of beer and we don't want to do that that's the thing it doesn't matter. It comes to a point it doesn't matter to us anymore. We can clearly see what the Bible says, get rid of all this and that. Now, we know we're not perfect, but we get to the point we don't care if we're not perfect, right? So the Holy Spirit is within us saying to us, don't do it. And then he's saying, you know, you're going to have to sacrifice in order to be, to do the things and to have the life that we want to have. And the things that God created within us from, you know, the time that he decided we're going to enter in this world. We have to listen to what the spiritual part is telling us. It's telling us to sacrifice something. And one thing I can tell you, everybody don't want to sacrifice. My father used to always say to me, and, you know, this was always when something was um, coming up. And if we ever got into this discussion, it's because, I, um, you know, somebody had to sacrifice. And he'd go, well, I said, well, you know, I really don't want to. Uh, we would have company over the house. And I'll say, you know what? I don't want this person sleeping in my bed because I want to sleep in my own bed. He goes, well, everybody's got sacrifice. We're having company over at the house tonight, and everyone's got a sacrifice. So um, I would appreciate if you sleep on the on the couch. Well, I didn't want to sleep on the couch. I want to sleep in my bed. And this was this is when I was like, you know, my early adulthood coming home from college and things like that for Christmas. Well, and he said, you know what? Everybody's got sacrifice. And I, I keep stressing that. But that's what the Holy Spirit is telling us. I'm going to tell you something. Nobody wants to sacrifice. I didn't want to sacrifice then. And it's interesting that at this point in my life, when I say that I'm saved and I believe that I'm saved, there is no choice at this point of time. I've already made the choice to be saved. I've already made the intention of listening to the Holy Spirit. The next thing is I'm going to sacrifice because God is not going to say, hey, sacrifice not you by, by yourself. He's going to say, he's going to show you things through things within your dreams, within visions of just talking to you because I know obviously I'm not the only one that God speaks through in dreams. But he's going to show you things. Then he's going to confirm that with other people. And then he's going to say, okay, now I want you to do this. He's going to give you four or five things to do. But you're going to have to sacrifice that in order to get it. Okay? We saw many stories of sacrifice in the Bible. That's one of the reasons why a lot of them were, were left there for us. He goes, now you got to sacrifice to get it. And this is where a lot of us stop and draw the line because we're not going to sacrifice, right? But this is what save means. Save means I'm going to love my parents regardless of how they treated me as a child regardless of the fact that i was abused or they beat me up i'm using this as examples because i know this is i know people very close to me that have gone through this regardless of how they treated me even if they neglected me even if they rejected me even if they talked about me if they did things unimaginable to me i'm still going to love them because that is the love that christ has for us that's what it means to be saved one of the things that god is always concerned about is our relationship with him always concerned about that in every aspect in every situation he's always concerned about our relationship if you hear those examples of people that even died and came back you know those those stories you're hearing nowadays it's always about the relationship their relationship is so much better than us they're better that's what makes you a better person so you get the intimacy the, uh, you understand what spirituality is you understand the intimacy you understand the love and all of those things create balance in our lives and all those things always go back to spirituality. That is the top part of it. So when we start talking about religion, you know, it, it gets really tough because, like I said, most of my life I've been in church and there was no, 
hearing from the Holy Spirit. There was only what the Bible was saying. And for a lot of religious people, the Bible becomes almost their idol God. They're always referring back to it. But yet there's no relationship with the Holy Spirit. If that part is missing, then you don't have spirituality. You only have religion. Um, you hear a lot of these religious people arguing on TV with others and attacking other people. Religion has you doing that. Religion makes you feel really, really bad. I had a conversation once, and I, I probably mentioned this in a, in a different podcast, but I had a conversation once with a guy who said that he was agnostic. And he had his family with him, and, you know, he, he attributed his um, being agnostic to the hurt that he received from people in the church. And that is the problem. Um, we, are, we attribute our lives and the things that we deal with to people. And we forget, number one, people are not perfect. People should be the best examples of Christ's love, but they're not often that. And then we forget, or somewhere deep inside of us, no one's really taught us that it's the Holy Spirit and the relationship that we have with him that's more important, that supersedes any relationship or any hurt and pain that you have been taught um, from other people, right? So in other words, when we understand what true love is, we have already embraced the Holy Spirit. True love is just not conditional. Um, and then when we understand that, we're able to forgive people in the church a lot faster than we are for whatever they have done or not done. Because a lot of people in the church nowadays do represent religion and they represent more, they're more about themselves and they're comfortable with those decisions that they make when it comes to divisiveness in the church, when it comes to uh, the top leadership in the church. You know, I, I left the church recently and I tell you there were no women leaders in the church and it's not that I was trying to be one because I was always my own entity that Christ made me. But, you know, from what I understand, this particular church didn't believe in women leaders. Um, also, there were no... Uh, people of there were only Caucasian people in leadership in this particular church, and you know the divisiveness was very um, was very obvious. I'll put it to you like that. And because of that, because they accepted that spirit, there was so many. There was like a trail of problems within the church that nobody dealt with. Uh, you know, people come to church hurt from their marriages. No one wants to talk about. It. They want to pretend that it don't exist. Uh, people gladly make decisions to cheat on their spouses. Then they come to church or they're cheating with their spouse with someone in the church and they go around smiling like it's not there. You know, I want to understand what happened to the relationship. What happened to the spirituality? What is it about religion these days that people don't want to embrace that? Because when you start embracing the Holy Spirit and spirituality, you have to get into spiritual warfare. There, There's no other... There's no other conversation around that because I think what happens is that people are um, in fear of that because they don't quite understand it. And one of the reasons why they don't understand it is because they don't have that relationship with the Holy Spirit that comfort them, comforts them and know that with the Holy Spirit, there is no fear. There's no fear in Jesus' love. And then with that, we have to address all the things when it comes to spiritual gifts and things that God placed in us because those are the things that help us understand the supernatural, which is where God dwells and the Holy Spirit dwells. But the problem is religion puts the focus back on man. That's why I said it was man-made. Religion always puts the focus back on man. So one of the things you've got to understand and you've got to accept is that there's a clear difference between religion versus spirituality. And um, remember, it was religious people that crucified Jesus on the cross. 
They were not they were not worshiping Satan. They claimed that they were X, Y, and Z, and they claimed they were believers in God, but they didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. So at the end of the day, it was religious people that crucified Jesus. So, um, you know, there's so many things that come out of religion that we have to be aware of and be in tune to and also be discerning to when you walk into a church. Um, you know, and once again, I'm not placing this on a particular religion or anything like that. I'm just saying when you walk into a church and it feels like something's not right or someone says something to you not right, you've got to be aware that something's going on there that's more religious and not more about the Holy Spirit. When we make it more about the Holy Spirit, we're saying that we are willing to put ourselves aside and make it all about Him. And we have to die to self daily. And I'm going to tell you that is an intentionality and that is a practice that a lot of us have to do when we are saved and we embrace who God says he is. When we embrace who the Holy Spirit is and also when we believe in God. So it can't go, we can't straddle the fence. It's one or the other. We believe or we don't. We're saved or we're not. We believe in that relationship with the Holy Spirit or we don't. We love without expectations or limitations or we don't love at all. One thing I found with the love part, this is the area where a lot of us suffer from. And I will tell you, I am at the end of time. I'm going to actually pick up on my part two. And I know this is a very, very touchy subject. So um, I'm going to stop right here and pick up on the part two with everything else I want to say. But remember, Jesus loves you. So do I. Catch me um, online, podcast.cordelia.com. Love at cordelia.com if you want to send me uh, an email, give me feedback. Also, you can catch me on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Okay, I will see you in the next one. Thank you.